Welcome to the Operate Intelligently podcast, the podcast for all things operations. Welcome, I'm Brian McDonald from Dude Solutions. Joining me today on the podcast is Brooks Adcock, our Director of Innovation at Dude Labs. Brooks, welcome. Thanks for having me. So Brooks, I want to learn a little bit more about this new team that you've put together called Dude Labs. Absolutely. So uh, Dude Labs is part of Dude Solutions' new commitment to innovation. We live in a world of technology and technology advances, as we know, according to Moore's law, gets better by a factor of two every 18 months, right? And uh, as should we. So Dude Solutions is very much committed in both its existing products and in the future to innovation. And so the Dude Labs team has been formed to really help pioneer what the future of our industry looks like. So, um, you know, what was the process of putting together this team? What type of talent and skills were you looking for? Yeah, uh, the first thing that went into it was getting the buy-in to get this going. And one of the things we found is, in just being a software company is that it really did take a, a dedicated effort to get disruptive innovation off the ground. Of course, Dude Solutions is a very innovative company, and we improve in hundreds of ways every day in, in every facet in every department. But it's really easy when you're a software company and you're su- and successful and directly as a consequence of being successful to get tied up in all those day-to-day operational things. As we all know, right, in our facilities, um, it's really easy to get tied into the day-to-day operations and have those aspirations of doing something radically better but never quite being able to get your head out of the deep end enough to – um, you know, to get around to those things that you really want to do. And it finally just came down to a point, I think, where everybody here was like, you know, we're, we're just going to commit to doing this. We're going we're gonna to set a team aside, and they're going to be a specialized team, um, a very special, special breed of people, if you will, and they're going to dedicate themselves to this kind of radical innovation so that we can do both. We can, we can operate intelligently every day as a software business, and we can start operating for the future mm-hmm. and what the future entails. So with that in place, we asked ourselves the question of what is it that the dude wants to be or more appropriately, maybe what is it that people who are out there in the world operating intelligently, what do they need mm-hmm. us to be? Right. And we kind of had four components of that answer. And the, the first one was, you know, we need to be where they are, right? And we know that people operating out in the field are in some of the most adversarial conditions, um, Mm -hmm. the the darkest, tightest, most cobweb-infested basements, the hottest attics, the Mm -hmm. most, you know, freezing cold roofs, the murkiest. (laughs) They they are elbow deep in that which no other people would have the, the fortitude to dive into, you know? Um, and so we need to be with them wherever they go, you know, right next to them, you know, and be by their side in that. So we decided we needed to be mobile um, and be really present on people's phones because we know that like 94% of people in the field carry a smartphone with them. Mm-hmm. We also knew from our existing relationships with our clients that uh, the relationships themselves were something that we valued. Uh, I think the dude's very different from most companies that I've ever worked for in that we do what we do not just because it's a business 
right? But because we we genuinely have relationships with our our clients, we know them by first name. Um, we have many hilarious stories and you know even personal experiences with these people, and um, we value that a lot. So we recognize that that kind of personal touch, and again, getting back to sort of the dude being by your side, um, that that kind of relationship management was important. So we know that we wanted to have the customer experience be profound and profoundly good. So that was sort of the second component. The third component that we realized we needed to to be was data-driven. What you get as a byproduct of having as many clients as we have and um, just the the cumulative number of experiences of people, and I call it the do-diverse, right? that all these people in the Dudaverse have had, right, is that we get some pretty profound wisdom out of that, right? Um, and it, and that wisdom really deserves, we owe it to everyone to share that wisdom. And not in a, uh, a you know, right now in the news, of course, you've got some high-profile tech companies that are getting skewered pretty badly for how they manage data, not in any kind of crass way like that, but in, in a constructive and sort of socially responsible way, Right. And so we, we really need to be, as, as an organization, data-driven. We need to pioneer what it means to be forward-thinking in data and um, bring that to bear in the most socially responsible and positive way possible. And then lastly, we are a software company. We are a software-as-a-services company. Uh, that which we do is delivered through software-as-a-service with you know human backup and that kind of relationship building and service, service backing. So we needed to be the best that we could be as a software as a service provider. So those four things, so the the client experience, the mobility, the data, and the software as a service translated directly into human needs for the Dude Labs team. So uh, I am very blessed to have on my team uh, those four individuals. I have a a client experience person named Chris Geyer. I have a mobile developer, Nate Albertson. I have a data scientist, Roxanne Ryan, and a full-stack engineer, Robert Lee. And they are a great team. Uh, finding them was very hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, those skills are not necessarily hard to come by, but the right kind of person for the Dude Labs Challenge is a different kind of person than you get in most engineering environments, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So what differentiates us from your run-of-the-mill engineering shop is is the profound rate of failure <laughs> that we, we go through. So for every one thing we do that succeeds, we aim for nine to fail. Mm-hmm. That's how much risk we deliberately endure, and we do that on behalf of our clients so that mm-hmm. we can do things that no one else previously thought possible. Mm-hmm. So the kind of personalities that can handle that have um, a, a high degree of grit, and they're also very generally client focused. When we make the, these things, and as an organization, and as you, you know, all operators know, there's a, a you win by being perfect in a lot of regards, right? By mm-hmm. doing what you do and then perfecting what you do. We are before the what I just said. Then perfecting what you do, we we're before that. So we don't <laughs> we don't perfect it. We find the new radical mm-hmm. thing that works or doesn't work, right? And then we hand it to our mainline engineering team, and they perfect this, mm-hmm. right? So for our team. Uh, nobody on the team is a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. We have plenty of perfectionists in the building. We hand the, the projects off mm-hmm. to the perfectionist to scale and get in everybody's hands. But while we're still trying to figure out what works and what doesn't, we 
just to give you an example, Friday, we wrote four pieces of software and burned down three of them. Wow. <laughs> so we just we started something and it wasn't working and we mm. just stopped, threw it out, started again, still didn't work, stopped, threw it out, started again, didn't work, stopped, threw it out, fourth time's charm, and it worked. So we're not perfectionists in any way. We, we're all about kind of getting it done and getting it tested and then getting it in the hands of mainline engineering. So anyway, it's a very interesting group. The group itself, uh, it was interesting. We learned a lot about team dynamics. It's something that we really took inspiration from our clients on as we see how they operate as units. And the team, I actually, as the leader of this team, I actually did not select, selected one of them. The team then hired it itself. So oh, I, wow. I had the team, they all hired each other. They all as a group decided of okay. all the candidates who they felt like they had the best working relationship with. Interesting. Yeah. So I, I pretty much was hands off on that one. And as a consequence, um, I don't know if you've seen them operate, but they are like a SWAT team. <laughs> They're incredible. They well, work. when you're describing it, it almost sounds like the Fantastic Four to a certain extent, that each each one has their unique skill set and they come together. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that's very interesting when you're talking about is, is kind of that notion of fail fast but, but learn from it. You right. Know? So that you're not wasting a lot of time getting to that point where, like, it's, okay, it's a no-go. Yeah. Right. But, okay, what did we learn here and how do we put that? So it's almost like agile at a very much more faster rate. Yeah. Agility is definitely a core part of what we do. Um, and that kind of tight project management and understanding when to just quit and move on. Yeah. Um, and what we've worked on those four things, three things that failed and the one that worked, the three that failed, um, I was heartbroken over one of them. Didn't work, <laughs> you know, but you got to get, got to kind of move on. <laughs> well, that's the good thing about agile sometimes and, and going with that fail fast mentality is, uh, you can't get too attached to something. Um, by next week, it's already, it's done. Way past. That's right. Yeah. Are you looking for a way to get inspired about your work as a facility or operations professional? Join us at our annual maintenance and operations conference, Dude University in Raleigh, North Carolina, May 5th through 8th, 2019. You'll be able to attend educational sessions about your day-to-day -day work, meet professionals from across the country that work in your and other industries, and enjoy food, friends, and fun in the Dude's hometown. If you register this year, you can take advantage of our all-inclusive dude deal. Learn more and register online at university2019.com. So you, you got into a little bit of it. So could you talk a little bit more about the types of projects you guys are working on, like yeah. um, what they're designed to do? And Sure. So we actually have a backlog of at least 16 projects. It's grown actually quite a bit since we last really did some curation on it. Currently, we're, uh, we're hyper-focusing on one project at a time, and we'll be running more in parallel soon. But the kind of projects we're working on are, by and large, around the communal dude experience. That we realize that when you join the dude as a client, that you're not just getting software, right? It's more than that. That you're part of a community. So what we're working on now is we're working on strengthening that community and tying it together and really fostering the interpersonal relationships and we have we have this incredible group of people you know hundreds of thousands of people many of whom are profoundly talented in what they do and have the ability to offer the, that to the world in some respect so we're creating some channels for them to 
really shine and be more than just an excellent contributor to their organization, but share some some knowledge with the world. Um, and then we're making it easier for the world to consume that knowledge, if you will. So focusing on areas of mobility, and of course all this is black ops, right? So I got to be kind of <laughs> cagey around what exactly we're working on. But really it's about driving those connections. Mm. So in going through this process screening team, what was like the best part other than say how you let them choose it? Is there any other thing that, that kind of popped up to you that was very interesting in the process? It happens every day. I have all four of them uh, challenge me uh, and each other. And I, I've worked in environments where I've had to have my hands pretty tightly on the wheel. And I have found working with this team, and I, I just rediscover it literally every day, today, <laughs> in fact, already, barely even noon yet, and <laughs> that when I take my hands off the wheel, that they they got it, that they can really apply their professionalism and insight to come up with solutions, that my role in there is to set the vision, and with the vision in place, they're the professionals, and they can really get it done. So um, that's been the biggest joy for me, is having my own creativity, adding it to it's basically the same thing we're talking about with our, our clients here is that I, I have my gift that I can kind of mm-hmm. add, but then when we add our our individual gifts together, we have something mutually much, much greater and much more exciting than anything we could have done by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just been hugely satisfying. But, and it also sounds like uh, the approach you did and, and the management style you're taking not only gives you confidence, but it gave them confidence fairly quickly. Yeah. Uh, and what they were doing. And I mean, it's always tough sometimes coming into an organization the size of ours. Mm-hmm. You know, smaller organizations, you can plug in a lot quicker. Large organizations, sometimes it takes a while to figure out, you know, who does what and where do we go. So mm-hmm. in a way, it's nice that you guys are a bit insulated from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not having to worry about, okay, like, you know, here's how the, the process is coming through the company related to the customer, related to a prospect yeah. or whatever. Yep. Um, so that, that's really interesting. We, that is that is a major center point of, of what we do, and I think you hit on it perfectly. We have a concept called the innovation contract, and in order to be able to push the boundaries on everyone's behalf as much as possible, we put in place with the blessing of the executive team this innovation contract, which is a twofold agreement. On our part, our promise to the organization is that when crazy radical things come up, we're going to keep those crazy radical things from being a disruption to delivering perfect software and perfect service experience to our clients because they can very easily radical ideas can very easily disrupt what is otherwise a very good client experience so we keep that from happening that's our our end of it the organization's end of it is that we dude labs is not beholden to the organization's process in any way mm-hmm. we are absolutely empowered to i mean we're we're very ethical and so We've never break an ethical rule, but barring ethical rules, we can we can <laughs> we can break anything, um, and, and we do. Uh, and so, yeah, being being outside of that. But then, what happens? It's really interesting that you also touched on is that the team, as they were kind of coming together, came from the traditional environments where you know your wrist slap or something goes wrong. Well, we operate in the realm of failure, mm-hmm. right? Everyone, like. of what we do fails. And so my main job, my main contribution to the team is when things succeed, they get credit for the success. Mm -hmm. When things fail, I act as bodyguard to, Mm -hmm. you know, incur whatever wrath, you know, comes our way and and give them the the latitude to take risks and do what's best for clients. 
Hey, that, that's awesome. So you talked a little bit about like getting executive buy-in and, and the contract. Are there any other kind of tools or suggestions? You know, if I was coming to you and saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, I want to put this into my company," sure. Um, what other you know, kind of advice would you give? Yeah, there are a couple books that were profoundly impactful on the organization of an innovation lab, and I think these are probably useful for software companies, but um, also even for our clients. One of the books is a book called Zone to Win, and it talks about the challenge of operating, delivering on what you need to deliver on, doing that better, incorporating new components into your business, and then deliberately innovating. So Zone to Win is an excellent book. Another book is The Startup Way by uh, Eric Ries, and that describes lean applications, a lean methodology, and a lot of people in our industry are familiar with lean, lean manufacturing in particular, and like Six Sigma and that kind of stuff. But how that applies to innovation mm-hmm. and how you operationalize your innovation in a really disciplined way. So it's not just a bunch of crazy people in a room doing wacky stuff. It's like it's a formalized kind of process. And so those are like the, the most profound um, kind of intellectual anchoring points, I think, to an innovation lab. But other than that, let's see, there's, you know, there's having the team, there's the concept of the, the innovation contract, which really leads to then what we call, and it's called in Zone the Wind, the ring fence. So that there's this sort of fence around innovation that can't be crossed in either way, right? There's only certain select rules that allow you to go back and forth across, mm-hmm. across that fence. And one of them is we create a project, it succeeds, it gets market buy-in, and then we hand it off to engineering. So that crosses the fence, right? Mm-hmm. So it's only really constructive things that go across the fence one way or another and it's none of the the politics or the drama or the process or bureaucracy or anything like that so you have to really get that ring fence put in place and the buy-in getting buy-in is is very important having executive sponsorship is very important having process is very important having cross-functional collaboration is exceedingly important so probably applies in some abstract sense to our clients but if you're a software company you have to have all of your pistons firing you know in time with each other right so it's really easy for a organization to neglect the voice of marketing or engineering or sales or strategy or mm-hmm. product right so what we did to help formalize the innovation process and make it so that everybody's voice was heard was to create what we call the innovation governance board and the innovation governance board is comprised of seven people and for some reason, when I state their roles, I always forget one. So let's see how I can get here. <laughs> All right. So we have support, sales, strategy, finance, product, engineering, and marketing. Okay. There you go. <laughs> All right. So all of those functional parts of the organization mm-hmm. all get a voice. Yeah. And when projects come up and we decide what we're going to work on and whether it's going to, we'll call it graduate into mm-hmm. the main organization – they're the gatekeepers. Yeah. So they stand, their job is to stand at that ring fence and be the gatekeeper both mm-hmm. directions, mm-hmm. right? Anything that crosses the fence in either way, whether it's a project coming in or a project going out, graduating into the organization, that goes through them. Mm-hmm. So if there's a, it looks good to six out of seven, but support comes back and says, are you crazy? We will never be able to support that. It's going to create support calls. Our clients are going to be upset that we're mm-hmm. not able to deal with it. 
it does not make it through, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that cross-functional voice becomes critical. Yeah, and you know, I've heard similar strategies, uh, especially about say eight years ago, say when social media was getting big for companies. And uh, a friend of mine was the social media manager at another large software company in the area, and he did a similar thing where he kind of created a cross-functional team especially at the beginning, to set up rules around engagement, rules around what the company voice was, you know, how to, how employees should reference the company, you know, what to do if somebody says something wrong, you know, how to yeah. handle it, like crisis management. Uh, so I think that's a great, you know, setup that you guys have in order to kind of really make sure, yeah, you're not going to kind of go down the road and, like, this is something that's going to set off a, a fire keg in somebody's department. Right. And they're like, well, dude, labs is messing everything up. We right. don't, you know, don't. To exactly. take the next thing because I think that's the biggest challenge is the minute you you know everything goes well until something yeah. goes bad and then it's yeah. like oh well now we don't want that anymore that's right but you know you don't throw the baby out the bathwater there's still value there if things mess up it's more how do we mitigate this going forward yeah so. that's about right I use the uh, Manhattan Project analogy quite a bit <laughs> right and so you have you know fossil fuel which people used for a very long time up to you know 1940s I mean obviously still use it but that was pretty much the sole source energy and then all of a sudden you know, we invent, you know, enriched uranium, right? Well, that can go two ways, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, yeah, you, you need the innovation to see that come about, and, mm-hmm. you know, to get that kind of clean energy, clean constructive energy. And then you also need a little bit of governance to make sure that that highly potent energy mm-hmm. isn't used to blow things up yeah. in the wrong way. So, um, yeah, that's, that's basically exactly what it is. It's a combination of innovation and governance so that, Everybody reaps the maximum benefit, especially in including clients. Mm-hmm. So given this ring fence that you've created now, how, how would other uh, dude employees get involved in this process? Sure. So there's a, a couple ways to get involved. Um, the first is if you have an idea. Uh, one of the main goals of Dude Labs is to take the ideas from around the, the company and let them see the light of day in some fashion and at least get a fair shakeout. So... The Innovation Governance Board is is there to do that shakeout. Uh, we have a form that you can fill out, and I can share the link if you have an idea um, of an idea you'd like to see submitted. You would fill out this form, and then I'll follow up with you, and then the Innovation Governance Board will follow up with you and, and ask some questions, and it could be the next project selected for Dude Labs to work on. So that's probably the, the first and most important way. The other avenue is we do loop people in on these blackout projects. So employees who... Are, are game to go through the innovation process and, you know, we're game to understand the black ops nature of what we're doing. Um, we'll reach out to them and get them to help with certain experimental aspects of the projects. And we actually have a, a name for this group of people who, and, and by the way, there are probably 20 or so employees currently helping us out in various respects. Uh, we call this group of people the lab rats. And <laughs> yeah, so for your participation in, in this, you know, madness, we uh, will give you a t-shirt with a really oh, snazzy cool. lab rats logo on it. So if you see anybody, employees walking around the, the building with lab rats on the back of the shirt. Yeah. Right? Now we know what that means. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They're part of the black ops. That's a good name. Yeah. And then, so like yeah. if I was a, a customer, is there a way for them to get involved or absolutely? So. So, yeah, so we really need those clients to help ground us because we're testing every two weeks and obviously it takes a lot of clients to be able to tell us whether these things are good or bad that we're working on. So we, we desperately want that involvement. 
that group of people we're calling the facility innovators also comes with a snazzy t-shirt <laughs> and I will post the link as well for the sign-up sheet for that mm-hmm. and we're looking for people who are willing to let it and, and it can be varying degrees of involvement uh, ranging from let us come on site for 15 minutes and just kind of tell us what you think about a new mobile app right or if you want to be part of the beta program for that mobile app we're going to be having one coming out here probably in the next two months um that's going to be an extended beta if you want to try something really crazy you know then let us know we're looking for people to who are going to take this app share it with their their staff and and let us know what the experience is so yeah we need we need all of that and we're very much welcome people to join the facility innovators program yeah, so we'll uh, we'll share those links out in the show notes as well as the links to the books that Brooks mentioned. Uh, I want to thank Brooks for coming in and talking about Dude Labs a day. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it sounds like just an exciting project, and I'm really uh, stoked to see what you guys put out in All the right. future. We'll be seeing some fruit soon. <laughs> Until next time, thank you for listening to the Operate Intelligently podcast. Thank you for listening to the Operate Intelligently podcast, produced by Dude Solutions. You can reach us by emailing bspodcast at dudesolutions.com or check us out on the web at dudesolutions.com.